This week at Common Bond Church, I want to share with you a message from one of our great theologians, Athanasius. It's a message that will increase your intellect, a message that increases your heart to love, a message that will increase your courage and boldness, and most importantly, a message that will give you an eternal home in God. Stay tuned to hear more of this message. characters that you probably know very well. You know, in the story of both the Wiz and also the Wizard of Oz, uh, there was a group of people who actually uh, decided that they needed something more in their life. And um, one of them actually needed intellect. Another one needed a heart to love. And another individual actually needed some courage. And then lastly, um, Dorothy actually needed a way to actually get back home. And in those kind of stories, we actually know that the ending was them actually trying to figure out who the wizard was and being disappointed because he was uh, he was false, you know, in their life. He wasn't someone who could actually give them the things that they actually desired. Now, what I wanted to share with us today is something that is very similar in that theme that we'll read in the scriptures is that all of us uh, need those kind of four things in our life to actually truly live life the way that we desire, and also the way that God desires us to live. We need intellectual ability. Uh, we also need a heart to actually love well in both righteousness, but also in generosity. And then also we actually need uh, to be able to be courageous in a world that is full of depressing realities. And then lastly, we all need our way to actually find our eternal home. And unlike uh, the false wizard, uh, we actually have a true God who actually provides us with all those things. And we actually read that from these scriptures as we actually see it today. And so, you know, my argument and my goal today is for us actually to see where in our life that we have not allowed our God to actually give us true intellect ability, uh, to be able to give us a heart that truly loves the way that God desires us to love. Uh, thirdly, that he has not been able to give us the courage uh, to actually live the life that God desires us to live. And then lastly, that we're living in the consistent hope of our eternal reality, which God has actually provided for us. And so as we begin to think about that, you know, I'm actually not sharing an original message. You know, I mentioned uh, earlier that we're going to be discussing, you know, a man um, that was a profound individual who actually articulated the theology of God in a way that probably no one else has um, that we've been able to see. And his name was actually Athanasius. And Athanasius was a, a man who was actually born um, in Egypt. He was born in Alexandria. He, so he's from the north uh, coast of Africa. And what's interesting about him is he was one of the most predominant bishops of the Christian church in 300 AD. So he was one of what's called the church fathers. You know, some of us may understand that as an OG. He was part of the, the original founders to actually establish the Christian faith, the Christian theology. And this was a man who actually was from the coast of North Africa. And when you think about like the coast of North Africa, what you immediately think of, uh, they are brown skinned people. They are individuals who um, look like what they look like today. They look Middle Eastern. 
And that was really a common theme that you actually saw when you actually read the scriptures, uh, when you actually understood the people who actually were in the scriptures. They were generally a Middle Eastern people, a people who actually kind of look like a melting pot of all the people in the world. And those are the individuals who actually give uh, credence to people having darker skin and people having credence to have lighter skin. You actually need someone who's generally in the middle range of all those skin tones to actually create the boundaries of both fair skin and dark skin. So generally, you know, when you actually see uh, the Bible, you'll see people from this area, the North uh, Africa area, the Middle Eastern area, and they're all uh, brown-skinned individuals who uh, generally actually populated the earth. And even when you think about you know, some of the greatest aspects that actually gives the foundation Christianity itself, it's found in North Africa. You know, for example, the greatest manuscripts, the most trusted manuscripts are found in two places. They're found in Alexandria, which is again, North Africa and Egypt, and they're also found in Athens, which is in Greece. And so in the, both of those places, people generally say these are really the first written accounts of God's scripture. They're written in a language uh, so that now all of the translations actually base itself from. There's also even um, old manuscripts that are in Ethiopia. They call them the Coptic manuscripts. And all those trying to get us to understand is that I, I wanted us to make sure that during this season, you know, we're in February, that we understood uh, some of the cultural context, some of the cultural richness that actually comes from this land and comes from this people, Macias, who actually wrote a treatise called uh, The Incarnation. And in The Incarnation, he was able to share with us uh, as Christian people, probably for the first time in that 300 AD uh, reality, about the basis of the importance of the Word of God and why it's actually so significant in our life and why you can actually live life without it. And that's why I'm actually sharing with you today that the argument is necessary for us to think about that we are missing some important things when we don't understand how significant God's word is when it relates to our intellect ability, our heart to love, uh, the ability to actually have courage, and then also to find our way back to our eternal home. Because here's where the scriptures begin with us in verse one of John chapter one. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And so I wanted to start there because the word itself is, is called the logos. You know, it's, it's a reality that, that God wants us to share to understand that it was my concept to actually uh, create everything. It's called the logos. And uh, one of the better ways that I can actually explain the logos itself is to think about uh, how you and I have vision you know, how you and I have the ability to actually create great things in life. You know, one of the greatest things that I think in life is, is this phone that I'll actually hold up for you. And I think that this is just a, a great reality that, that, that we actually all have and we all think about. Because when you think about this phone, it was came through the mind of an individual. The mind of an individual who said that, you know, I have a, a desire to actually see everybody in the world be able to have a computer in their hand. And as they have this computer in their hand, you know, it, it really just started with the, just an idea. It started with a vision, it started with a dream, but then you actually need to actually create that vision and actually create a blueprint for it. You need to create plans for it. You need to carry out those plans. And you need individuals to be a part of all of uh, the manufacturing to get it done. So eventually it gets to a place 
where it gets into stores, where we are now convinced to buy it. We see the goodness of it. And so you see this process of, of us being able to take something that's just a word, something that's just an idea, create a vision for it, and eventually it gets to a place where it becomes this single thing that was in my mind. Well, when God actually created the world, he did the same exact thing. That's why he's the logos. You know, it says the, the, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The logos itself is this reality where, where God is the inventor of word. He is the inventor of, of being able to have the intellect capability to be able to see vision, to be able to carry out a plan and to be able to execute it in a reality so we can, you and I can actually experience it. You know, we are the products, you know, of God actually having a logos idea. You know, God being able to say, I want to create man in my image, in my likeness. And then it was so. God said that I am going to just use my words actually to create this reality. You know, and this was, you know, in, in uh, Athanasius' time, this was a foreign concept. You know, this wasn't an idea that the world gradually and readily knew and actually accepted. There was a man named Plato, you know, who actually thought that the world was actually first created uh, out of substance. And so God actually used substance itself to actually create things. And so, for example, you know, somebody says, oh, well, in order for me to build a house, I first need wood. And so, you know, what, what, the, what Plato and those philosophers at that time were trying to articulate was that God himself also needed substance to actually create the world. But that actually uh, is a misnomer and, a, and it disputes the power of who God really is because God needs no substance. God needs no reality. He can actually create things because he is the creator. You know, he's the one who actually starts all things and actually finishes all things and actually ends all things. You know, that's the reality of when the scriptures begin to share with us in John chapter one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. There is no creator besides God. There is no other reality that life actually exists outside of his hands. And I wanted to begin to, to share that with us as we begin to think about who God is. But the second thing that I wanted to, to share with us is just what makes the Logos so significant and the Logos so important to who we are as the beings that God actually created us to be. You know, there, there are some beings in this world that don't have the intellect ability that God actually created with us. You know, take the animals, for example. And, and when you think about like the Wizard of Oz, it was the, the lion himself and also the scarecrow who were animals that didn't necessarily have the intellect capability to actually do the things that any normal human being could actually do because God actually gave us that intellect ability to be able to have vision, to carry out plans and to do the things that God actually desired us to do. Now, what's so interesting about what I'm trying to, to share with us today is I believe that as we've gotten into this 20th century a thinking that is, is that we've lost sight of how God is actually the creator of intellect ability. And, and we've kind of just taken it for granted and not realized that all kind of intellect thought, all type of intellect capability, all strategy, all plans actually truly come from God. And actually, if we tap into a greater source with him, we actually become more intelligent, more wise than we will ever be in our own realities in our own self. You know, it was even once, uh, understood in this country, in the United States, that God was the source of intellect. The Harvards and the Yales 
they were founded in the Christian beliefs, understanding that God himself was the one inspiring them, the great Ivy Leagues that we have. He was inspiring them to actually create these bastions of learning, these bastions of education. But I think that as we have gotten along in age, we've kind of kind of cut God's legs off in that reality. So you've given it to us. Now we'll take it from here without realizing that he is truly the source of all intellect capability. And as we've cut God off from that source, it's actually the beginning of our understanding that we've actually turned away from God. You know, we've actually moved in a way that allows sin to be in control of us and no longer allowing God to be in control of us. And so when we actually come to faith in God, you know, one of the things that we have an opportunity to do is actually to be to connected to God again intellectually, to be able to allow him to speak to our minds in ways that cultivates his knowledge above the knowledge of this world, above the realities that we've actually experienced and actually seen in this life. You know, you'll see over and over again where the scriptures begin to say to us, like, like Paul shares in his beautiful epistle letters, such as Colossians and Ephesians, where he says that God is the source of all knowledge and all wisdom. You know, Jesus Christ himself, he's the word and he is the source of all things. Well, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but, you know, that's what Paul actually is sharing with us. He's trying to get us to reach out and actually see the intellect ability that actually is with God and the disconnect that happened because of sin and not allowing us to truly allow him to inspire our minds, to inspire our visions, to inspire the things that God desires us to, to be able to think about. The second thing that I wanted to, to share with us is that in verse two, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, not a thing was made that was made. And uh, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And as you get to start to try to unpack this, it's, it's so important to kind of just sit there and being able to see that, that, that God is trying to share with us the beginning origins of Jesus Christ. And he's beginning us to, to share with us that Jesus Christ wasn't just, you know, the, the man in the flesh that actually came to save us from sin, but he was actually the word that actually proceeded from God. He was connected with God. He was God himself. When you even think about Athanasius again, one of his greatest contributions to the Christian faith was the argument that he actually established, you know, with all of the world and with the theological, with the theological world itself, that God is the father and that the, the word itself is the, is the creator of God. It's the mouthpiece of God that actually creates all things, but that's still God, but it's a different uh, person of God. And then also there's the Holy Spirit that actually empowers all things uh, to actually move about. So we're talking about the word here. And so Athanasius was a fantastic thinker, you know, to help us to understand how to clarify this meaning of who God is as the word, but then also to understand how it is not a separate creation. You know, it, it doesn't dumb down the reality of God, but it puts Jesus Christ on the equal plane as the Father himself. And that's important for us actually to know and to recognize as we get into this conversation. Because who we know Jesus Christ primarily as Christians is our Savior. You know, we know that he actually came in the flesh, uh, that he actually lived uh, for 33 years, and he actually taught all about the kingdom of God. He healed all who were sick. And then most important, he actually went to the cross 
because we had needed a savior to actually die for our sin. And when we actually think about that savior itself, we lift him, you know, as the savior of our life. But maybe sometimes I'm, I'm saying that we don't connect him uh, to who he is also as the word of God himself who actually created all things. And one of the things I love about Athanasius is that he did this beautiful uh, treatise, you know, in the incarnation be, to be able to share with us that, that you can never separate the word of God itself from the need to actually think about salvation. You know, you can never separate the two. You can never never think about the word and the intellect, the ability of life, and actually separate it from salvation. He said that the two actually always had to be married with one another. And that's what's called the incarnation. It's, it's the incarnation of God being able to say that I've actually made the word of God flesh. You know, I've made the word of God flesh so that you could actually see how to actually receive all the capabilities that I wanted you to have as individuals, as people in this world. And so the one that we greatest know as Christians is really that salvation perspective, because salvation works this way, is that God created us as beings, and he created us with a kind of gene, and he created us with a kind of of reality that only could operate based on his word, because the word actually was created by him. And when we actually malfunctioned, you know, into sin and we actually walked away from God, God said that I needed a way to actually fix my issue. I need to be able to fix the thing that I actually created. So I wanted to give this illustration to see if this kind of makes sense to you. Um, you know, one of the things that I always recognize is that there are certain things that in, in, with my own technology devices that I can probably fix myself. You know, if something is malfunctioning, you know, I can actually delete that app or I can actually reboot the, the device and it'll probably start up again. If the issue is so severe, maybe I'll call a 1-800 number and actually I'll allow them to actually walk me through the instructions to see if there's something that I did not know. That when you actually think about the malfunction of humanity, the malfunction of you and I, you know, one of the greatest malfunctions of us is that we can't fix ourselves. We couldn't actually figure out through the instructions that God gave us to actually live right in him. So God actually said, well, I've got to do it myself. You know, it's kind of us actually going to the store or going to um, the manufacturer and say, hey, I've tried everything I can to make this work, but I just can't make it work. You know, it's your product. You created it. Can you actually either take it back? you know, give me something new or actually fix it so that I can actually use it well. Well, that's what Jesus Christ said. When he's the incarnation, he actually came into this world through the through the, the word of God so that we could actually be made right and to function exactly the way that God desired us to function. Because he's kind of like the, the only chip that you can actually put into humanity so that we can actually be made right, so that we can actually be made whole, so that we can actually be made correct. You know, there's so many different ways that you can say it, but I want to try to say it in a high theological way, you know, a high overview way, just so that we can actually see a picture of who Jesus Christ is and who we actually fit into the picture and why he's so significant to our life, is that he is the only one that can actually allow us to function as God intended, you know, because God is the master creator. You know, he is the one who actually created us, you know, just as Apple created their devices, just as Samsung 
and created their devices. And they know exactly how those devices work. Well, in the same kind of way, he's the only one that knows how humanity works. And uh, as we think about, you know, what, what God has actually created us to do, you know, God has created us now to use intellect capability at the highest order. You know, he's created us to have vision. He has created us to accomplish things. You know, that's who God designed us to be. And so if we are living lives as Christians without uh, utilizing the vision that God has given us to be intellectually capable from his mind. We're missing something on who God desired us to be. You know, the second thing that we, we could possibly be missing is that if we are not using uh, the heart that God actually has given to us to actually live righteously, to know the difference between good and evil so that we can actually be his creation in this world for the care of others, we're missing something as well. And then thirdly, again, you know, we're, if we're missing um, an aspect of we're overanalyzing things and, and we're worried and we're anxious, we're missing about being able to be connected to the one whom we can actually trust in, whom we can actually live in. And then lastly, of course, is to be able to find our eternal home. So I want to talk about uh, those aspects together now so that we can actually start to figure out you know, what's actually missing in our own personal lives. And so I think I've spent enough time on the intellectual part. And so I wanted to move, you know, secondly, just to think about, you know, what does it look like, you know, to really have a heart? You know, what does it look like that God actually designed us and actually cared for us uh, to live life in a way that God actually wants us to live? And I wanted to, to, to share with us one thing and then give us this illustration. You know, think about the, the wickedness of this world. And I, and I hope you you're still with me and still focused, you know, right now as we think about it. Um, but I don't know if you, you've actually ever experienced this before, uh, but there are things that, that we actually do um, that God had never really intended for this world actually to do. Romans chapter one, for example, says that, you know, as God actually looked out at the world, he actually saw it progressively getting worse and worse and worse and worse, you know, to the point that, you know, it moves completely off of the rails, off of the tracks that God ever desired. And, uh, you know, one of the greatest illustrations I think that I have of that is that if you think about, you know, anything from a, a substance abuse perspective, you know, alcohol, drugs, or anything, you know, from that, you know, it, it's, it's next to impossible to have just one drink. You know, someone who actually has, has gotten connected, you know, in a substance abuse way, they're going to go all the way to the finish line. You know, meaning they're going to get all the way drunk and they're going to get all the way high because it's it's a disease that begins to control their own selves. And in the same kind of way, when God begins to share with us of the disease of sin, he's calling it a true wickedness that, that we don't even have any control of. And uh, so so far to the point that we actually lose the heart you know, to love that God actually desires us to live. We, we become callous and we become cold. We become indifferent. We become uh, people who actually don't care about others except for our own good and our own desires. And when you think about the Logos itself, Logos was um, the foundation of God's word for us actually to understand how to actually be loving people. You know, there, there are some people in this world that will never have a, a caring heart in their bones, a caring heart in their life, a caring heart in their reality because they have yet to be connected to Jesus Christ 
in a way that the word of God begins to inform them how to care for others, how to love others, and how to be compassionate to those who actually need compassion. You know, their only, uh, th their only mindset is about their own self, their own desires, the only things that they actually wish to get accomplished. They're focused on their own vices, the things that actually gravitates them, the things that make sense only in their mind. You know, that's the wickedness of man himself. And God begins to share with us in this word that the creation of all things, the commandment that God gives us to love God with all our heart, my soul, and strength, and to love our neighbors as itself is part of the foundation of God's word where he begins to share with us, that's how I intended you to live. You know, that's, that's the reality that, that you can only receive when you're connected to Christ Jesus and when you're connected to the word himself, because that's actually where it actually flows. That's how you were designed to actually be. And so I hope you kind of see that today. You know, so I hope you see the first thing is that, you know, when we are disconnected from God, you know, when we're living on a life that is completely away from the Savior, we're missing the intellect capability that God designed us to live. And then secondly, we are missing the way to actually truly love the world that God actually desired us to love. You know, that's the second thing that God desires us to do is making sure that we are connected into that capacity. And the third thing that I, I wanted to share with us, you know, it's just this reality of, of having courage. You know, the reality to be able to withstand and actually live life in this world. You know, it's, it's unbelievable how often the word of God has to consistently share with us how to trust God, how to be courageous in him, how to actually live life in the way that you know, we are not worried about the things that are happening in our life. Because when we are disconnected from God or when we are separated as humanity, that is part of also that sin disease that, that God actually has to reform us and recreate us in the way that we connect with him so that we live bold and courageous as a lion. You know, that's why he calls the children of Israel the lion of Judah. He gives them that identity of how to be courageous and live the life that God desires us to live. And, and I hope that we, we kind of see that in this picture, in this world that we actually live in, you know, that is full of depression that is full of stress, that is full of anxiety. It's enabling us to understand that we've sometimes even chosen, you know, things that are good that are like counseling and psychology, you know, to help us to move along, but they are not God's best because he is the best. We've got to figure out ways to be connected to him, the source, so that we actually receive all those things that God actually desires for us. And then the last thing that I, that I want to share with you is also still getting back home. And as we think about like the, the last part of this, it's the greatest part of it, you know, getting back home to reality. And when you think about Dorothy, you know, I'm reminded uh, both in The Wizard of Oz and The Wiz that that was her longing desire. You know, her longing desire was to make it back to home so that she could actually be with her family. Well, what God has actually done for you and I is that he's given us an eternal home. You know, he's given us a home to actually be with him for all of reality. And he begins to share with us. That's the longing desire that all of us have is to get back to that eternal home. Only Jesus Christ enables us to get back home when we actually accept him as our Lord and Savior for dying for our sins, because he's the only one that has enabled us to actually be healed of the disease of sin. And now as we, we think about like those four aspects, what I wanted to see if we could actually figure out, you know, in our own personal lives is that where do you actually resolve in that picture? 
you know, when I when I talk about intellect capability, when I talk about having a heart to love, where I talk about being able to be courageous and be mighty, where I talk about the last part is a, a living life based on Christ being our eternal home and, and him allowing us to, to come back to our eternal home. You know, I ask you to think about, you know, where does your life resolve around the missing points? You know, the missing gaps of recognizing that I have not yet allowed the word of God to penetrate my mind, or I've not let it to penetrate my heart, or I've not let it to penetrate my emotions, or I've not let it to penetrate me to the way where I focus on the word itself actually being my place to actually return to home. Um, because I, I think that if I look at my life, I, you know, I would always consistently over the life of my days, think that there are times where I actually need to be adding different components consistently over and over again, where I need to be thinking about, okay, you know, this day today, I'm not thinking with the mind of Christ. You know, this day today, I'm not thinking with the heart to actually love people and to love God. You know, this day today, you know, I have some fear and some anxieties and some worries where I actually need Christ's word to actually begin to feel me in a way so that I can be more courageous, be more bold, be more the individual that God actually desires me to be. And, and there are also some times where, you know, I think more about this world than I actually think about my true eternal home. And so in all those capacities, I can actually see how every single day I actually need to be filled in who is the substance, the logos of who God is, you know, consistently over and over again. And maybe you, you might feel that way too. You know, and if you feel that way too, it, this is where it's so important where we understand what God says in his word is that faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. You know, God begins to share with us is that if you're lacking in those areas, come to my word so that you can begin to hear it over and over and over again, because it enables you to be able to be filled in that area where you may have a deficit, an area where you are lacking. You know, if you are lacking intellect capability, God's word amazingly and surprisingly says that we can actually come to him for wisdom. You know, I wanted to give you a, 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 an example of that in the scriptures in James chapter one. I hope you're still with me as we are going through this, because I think some of this is good and some of it will be a blessing to us. And I pray that, you know, what is not good, that the Holy Spirit kind of fix some of it and actually helps us uh, to make it even better in our own lives. In James chapter one, I wanted to share with you these words in verse five. It said, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generally to all without approach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person should not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and stable in all of his ways. And so, you know, it impacts, you know, what it actually means to actually come to God and actually ask him for the intellect capability that God has readily available to us. He begins to tell you, you know, if you lack wisdom, if you lack intellect, come to God because he is freely able to give it to us. You know, this week I was reminded of that as I, as I was needing some wisdom from God. And uh, as we began to engage in prayer to start the year, you know, one of the things that, that I was mindful of uh, is being prayerful. And uh, so I remember uh, this week that I needed some wisdom. And, you know, I think that I have a strong enough mind to sometimes figure some things out on my own. But I decided, well, Lord, 
know, we've been talking about prayer. Let me go into my prayer closet and I'm going to talk to you about these issues that I actually can resolve on myself. And it was really simple. You know, I needed to call the bank and actually figure something out or I could actually figure it out on my own and, and try to resolve this issue. Um, but God actually gave me, you know, you know, the wisdom to be able to just call them and actually tell them the issue that you had. And instead of actually doing something different, which is emailing somebody that I knew had some influence, you know, in the matter, I actually called and they actually found out that it was an error on their end and they could actually resolve that issue immediately. You know, it was the last thing that I was thinking about to do was just to simply make a call. You know, I wanted to exert uh, the, the strength that I had with the people that I knew. You know, instead, God just said, just make a simple call. And that actually resolved the issue. And I think that, you know, that's a small example, but I think that, that what I'm trying to share with us is that there are times when we are missing coming to God for intellect capability. We may come to him as savior. We may come for him, you know, when we are in urgent need of some healing or we are worried about something, but maybe sometimes we don't come to him for intellect capability. And I think that God wants to give us vision. He wants to to sharpen our minds. He wants those of us who have ideas for business, you know, ideas to actually do things in the world, you know, I think to use our intellect mind to actually run to him and actually ask him, Lord, I need answers in this issue. Can you actually share with me and teach with me, you know, the things that I actually need to know? Because the source of intellect capability is God's word himself, the Logos. You know, the second thing that, that I wanted to, to ask you and to to challenge you in is, is thinking about is the area of your life where you actually need to be tapped into God is to have a greater heart. You know, and I think that this is, you know, amazing that we can be intelligent or we can be sharp, we can be wise and we can have all knowledge, but sometimes, you know, we don't care about anybody else but our own selves. And God says that that is a missing component of how I've created humanity. You know, I never created humanity to just be full of brains and to be full of, of um, rational thinking. You know, God created, created a computer for that sense, but God actually created us to actually be genuine people who actually love people, who actually care for people. And that's why I love my wife so much, because she is full of this love. You know, she is full of this care, and it informs me so much of who God is and how I actually need to come to him consistently over and over again. And I need to ask God, can you teach me to love better? Can you teach me to be more caring and, and to be more compassionate? Because I know that it only comes from you and I see it expressed in others so well. Lord, continue to teach me into that area. And so maybe that's you, you know, where God actually needs to, to help you to see that sometimes you got to be more gracious to people um, who are actually not moving in the direction that you desire. You know, how, what, what, what would this world look like? <laughs> you know, what would our world look like? What would our country look like if we decided not to just always be right? You know, not to just always be polarizing and say that unless you believe the way that I believe, unless you think the way that I think, I have nothing to do with you. You know, what if we decided to actually come across the aisles and be able to have conversation, to be able to say, I want to hear what you're able to hear. I want to see what you're able to see. I want to be able to hear life from your perspective because I actually love you and care for you. You might not be right, but I actually want to love you and care for you because I know that God actually created me to be an individual who loves and cares. 
you know, more, more so in the Christmas season. But I think that we pick up this idea of love well then where we begin to understand how much better it is to be around community, how much better it actually is to give than it actually is to receive. But God actually wants us to have that kind of theme over and over in our life where we actually are generous, we are merciful, we actually are united with one another. It doesn't mean that we compromise what is true, but it means that we embrace people in a way that we love them just as much as we love the truth that we actually appreciate as well. And then the third thing, that I wanted to, to share with us, you know, has a lot to do with like the fear and the courage that we actually live in, you know, and, and if you're like me, you know, I've mentioned before, you know, earlier this week uh, during my time of prayer, uh, that there are seasons where I actually feel that things in life just won't get accomplished the way that I desire, you know, that, that, that I, I, I get anxious and I get worried and I'm not sure if things are just going to work out. Well, God has long talks with me in his word that begins to share with me, such as Philippians chapter four, verse six, that that's an example where I truly don't trust God. You know, that's an example of that because if I trust God, I wouldn't worry about it. And maybe that's where you're at as well. And it's, it's just finding those scriptures to be able to say, Lord, you're saying that I have the ability, you know, maybe not in my own flesh, maybe not in my own mind to actually be non-fearful or to be a person who doesn't worry, but if I actually can tap into your word of how you've actually created to be to, for me to be as a being, you know, if I can tap into that reality and understand how you've created me to be as a being, I can actually learn how to be not a worrier. And the only way that we do those kind of things is by recognizing that the Savior was incarnate. Because like I mentioned before, one of the great con contributions from Athanasius is that he said that the logos itself could never be separated from salvation. <laughs> you know, what a beautiful reality that is because, you know, he is saying that when you actually look at the issues where you are deficit and where you are weak in your mind, you know, or in your heart or in the courage that you actually need in life, it is because the life of sin is actually having a control on you because it's a disease. And the only antidote the only thing that can actually cure that disease itself is Jesus Christ, because he is the one who was the word and he is the one who actually can fix the issue that is actually destroying you. And so today is that opportunity to recognize that, you know, more and more we need Jesus Christ in our life. You know, when he saved us from our sin, it had a, an effect on everything in our life. It had an effect on our mind. It had an effect on how we care for people. It had an effect on how we be bold and courageous in this world. And most importantly, it had an effect on where we'll spend eternal life. And so God is enabling us to come back by understanding the incarnation in this fresh way today. Understand that Jesus Christ was the word who was at the beginning, who was actually designing life, creating life, giving us instruction. He was our blessing. You know, the blessing to be actually understand how God actually designed to live this world, but we fell away from it. We fell from that design and plan that God had. So he actually had to come and actually fix it for us. And he fixed us in the process. You know, he fixed us so that we can actually be able to be conformed back to the image of Christ, the image of how God actually designed us to be. And so today I pray that we think about this theme, that we begin to look in, intently in our heart to figure out how can I grow again in God. And so I love to do that with you. I'm going to be asking God in, in my personal life, Lord, give me more intellect capability. 
you know, begin to share with me what I am missing uh, from your mind in the areas of my life. Lord, continue to give me a heart that loves in the way that you love and allow me to be fulfilled in the area in that kind of way. And Lord, allow me to be bold as a lion, to be a lion of Judah so that I can actually step out and do the things that you desire me to do. You know, let me not be fearful or anxious or holding back anything because I know that you'll take care of me. You'll allow me to walk on water because you'll keep me safe and secure. And then Lord, let me always be thinking about my home. You know, this life is not my reality. My home is with you, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, allow me to recognize that uh, when I see things difficult here, you've got a better place for me. That my goal in life is always to make sure that this world itself that is dying, decaying, and dying sees a greater picture, which is your kingdom. Let me be an ambassador for you. And I pray you desire to do some of those same things as well. I pray those in the name of Jesus Christ. This message has been a blessing to you. I would love to connect with you in a greater way. You can find us on our website at commonbondchurch.org and actually fill out a comment card or even give us a prayer request. You can also reach us on our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram, through the Common Bond Church handle. Until we see each other, may the grace of God be with you. May the mercy of God be with you. We have one true Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. Let us all go in peace. Have a great day.